Hey guys, it's Bradley with the Insurance Guys Podcast. You know, over the past year that we've been recording this podcast, Scott and I have met some amazing individuals and received some amazing advice. So we decided to do something for our audience that may or may not be able to listen to every single episode. We put together a white paper slash ebook of the top seven things that you must do in your agency in 2018 and 2019. We're giving this to you guys free as of right now. You can text the word book. B-O-O-K to 251-418-4724. Follow the prompts and you will promptly receive that book. Or you can email me at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. That's not going to be automated like the text, but you can receive it that way as well. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast hosted by yours truly, Scott Howell and the incomparable Bradley Flowers. For agents, by agents, we're here to share real-life experiences, tips, and insights related to all aspects of both being an insurance agent and running a successful agency. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's get down to business. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. I am your host and fearless leader, Mr. Scott Howell with I Protect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. Before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome. He is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama. First team parade all American rivals, five star recruit. Please put your hands together and welcome my friend and great insurance agent. Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm great, Scott. How are you today? Man, I'm doing fan-super-tabulous. I'm excited. Anytime we get to get on the podcast and talk about stuff like videoing and social media and all that cool stuff, I love I love those podcasts as well. And we've got a great guest on today with you guys. Our mission on this podcast, as you all know, we are here to help you in any way we can, whether that's sales, marketing, advertising, hiring, firing, process, procedure, employee compensation, or videos. Today, we're going to talk about videos, guys, and we've got a guy on here that I'm excited to be able to talk to about it for a couple of reasons, and I'm about to tell you why in just a second. He lives in Chittanago, New York, and I apologize, I'm from Alabama, and that's that's a tough one there. <laughs> he is the vice president and agency owner of Crowley Insurance in Syracuse, New York, he is a third-generation family independent agent. He lives with his beautiful wife, Kim, and his kids, Emma and Jack. And this is what I love so much, and I just got through talking to him about this off-air. I love the fact that this guy has the balls to do what he's about to do. Uh, he has a video series that is about to come out again called Coverage with Crowley. He is releasing 101 videos in the first 101 days of 2019. And guys, that takes balls because he's throwing it out there in the world saying, hey, hell or high water, I'm doing these damn videos. Ladies and gentlemen, I would love to introduce to you the other incomparable Mr. Mike Crowley. How are you, Mike? I'm great. How are you guys? Man, we're doing fantastic today. Thank you for asking. Let's start, jump right in it right there. But before we do that, we always go back in our DeLorean or our time machine. And I would love for you to go back and tell our listening audience how you got started in the industry insurance industry and kind of bring us up to today so like most family agencies you're either brought up in this business or you're kind of pushed away from it and my family and my family agency it was my grandfather's agency started from scratch and then my father and my uncle took over and kind of built it to what it was and they were the type that kind of 
built and maintained. They weren't super growth focused, which I think a lot of agencies during that time frame kind of were. Smaller agencies just kind of stayed smaller. They had great high retention, mm-hmm. worked off referrals, made acquisitions to grow their business. New sales and marketing wasn't the return and wasn't what they put their attention towards. So when it came time for me to decide, okay, do I want to look at insurance as a career? Do I want to do this high school, college type age? They necessarily weren't saying, yeah, let's come on, come on. We got a spot for you. This is what we're going to do. Really high motivated. My uncle actually tried to push me away from joining the family agency. And to this day, he sometimes says, I still can't believe you didn't listen to me. And we joke about it, but it's one of those things where probably sophomore year of college, I decided this is what I'm going to do. And I stuck my head down and did it. The biggest thing is going into a a family agency. A lot of times there's not job openings that are ready for you. Mm -hmm. These are kind of one of those things where like, well, if we want another generation to come in, we got to create a job. Mm-hmm. We we got to we got to find something to do. We got to find money to pay them. Things that aren't necessarily usually available, especially to a maintaining service type agency. So, probably the best thing and I've said this numerous times to people, the best thing they ever did for me is when I started the day after college graduation, they basically gave me the opportunity to build whatever I wanted to build to earn as much as I ever wanted to earn, but did not hand me a single thing so that I built that mentality and that that work ethic that, ah, well, they're just giving it to me. And to that point, I was just about to say, Mike, my son is 11 years old. He'll be 12 at the end of January. And and I don't know what's going to happen in the next you know, 15, 20 years, but I'm going to make the assumption that in a family business like that, for you, the expectations are higher, the uh, responsibilities and just how you're treated. I hate to say it's unfair, but it's probably a little more, a little more is expected of you than somebody else coming in the agency. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, By the way, if you screw this up, I am going to fire your ass. Talk a little bit about that, like the expectations of when you came in and just was there pressure on your on on behalf of yourself? Like where you're like, I got to make this thing go and I got to do better than everybody else. So there was pressure that I built up for myself. There was never any pressure coming from the leadership. And and, and that was one of the things that because we were kind of different in our personalities and Mm. in what the roles were going to be in the office, it's immediately went into where I'm looking for, okay, let's talk, have a year end meeting or let's have a monthly or (laughs) quarterly sales meeting. And they're looking at me like, yeah, we don't have time for that because that's, I don't know what you're going to tell us, but just keep doing what you're doing. Right. And most people, it's it's almost like getting into the financial service sales end of the business. A lot of mm-hmm. times they say, hey, you got to grind for four years and then a lot of times you might make it. But the, a lot of people fail in those first four years. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, usually you don't see that as much in the PNC world like we are, but that's one of the things where I quickly had to determine, okay, if I'm going to grow, if I'm going to grow the agency, if I'm going to make sales so I can get money at a 20, as a 22-year-old, I'm going to have to figure out how to do this. Right. And I mean, it took a few years, but once it clicked, it took off like a rocket. And I'm not the sales type. I'm not the cold caller that like loves cold calling and knocking on doors of businesses and doing all that stuff. I'm a relationship sales guy. Always have been from the beginning mm-hmm. where I'll network and I'll build the relationships. And if the business comes next week, awesome. If it comes a year from now, just as good. And when you're doing that and you're trying to grow and trying to make money, that's not the easiest thing. It's and mm-hmm. so I did a lot of long-term plays mm-hmm. and everything I did was all built on long-term. And, but like I said, once it clicked, it clicked and, mm-hmm. and, and you started figuring where, where to get your feet wet and what to do and 
what not to waste your time doing. And that's kind of how it took me off to the producer role and mm-hmm. being the main producer and the only producer in our office. And that's kind of brought me to a few years ago where my uncle retired and I took over more of the day-to-day ownership of the agency as my father's still here, but on his way towards retirement where I've taken over and made kind of had to change things a little bit. And I think that's one of the hardest parts when we look at family agencies across the board. Yeah, sometimes we get the bad rap that everyone thinks things are handed to us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, we don't get the credit like the the scratch agencies sometimes get when it's like, man, you built that from scratch. That's amazing. And, and as much as and how hard that is in one aspect, family agencies have a different aspect that makes it equally hard, just in a different way. And a lot of times that is built on, okay, you have legacy technology, you have legacy processes and procedures. Mm-hmm. And and it's not like you're bringing in a whole new staff and training them. You got to get the current people into the new ways because they're coming from a different generation of ownership or, or leadership. Right. And that's a struggle for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a struggle just adapting myself. Okay. I want to in- put this technology in place and this process in place, but Hey, for the last 13 years, this is what we've been doing. Sure. It's a lot easier just to fall back into your old ways and you got to train everybody and, and, and basically stay on top of it. So it's, it was a fun and bumpy ride and just like any other family business to get to this point. But I would say over the past year, year and a half, things have really been clicking. That's awesome, dude. Well, I've always looked at that differently than most people, which is the way I am about everything, which is as Bradley and I joked earlier is why I'm the anti-thought leader in the insurance business. But I've always seen kids that come into the family-owned insurance agency as almost having a uh, a harder time than somebody off the street because of those expectations and because of you know that family dynamic, which those waters can be pretty bumpy to navigate. But I want to ask you a question, Mike, and I want you to be really honest with me, okay? It's just you and I now. There's nobody else listening to this. <laughs> nobody will ever hear this, okay? Perfect. So you have two beautiful kids, Emma and Jack, yep. and you're a third-generation family independent agent my question is this if today you had to choose who's going to be the fourth generation kid to take over the agency would it be emma or would it be jack so this is going to be a tough answer because of the ages they are if they were a a tad older i think Mm -hmm. i'd have a better answer so my daughter's six Mm -hmm. and my son's three at this time right (laughs) the typical answer is my son, because he is a spitting image of myself uh-huh. when you look at a few things, but my daughter's got that really outgoing personality. Mm-hmm. So I so I see it as if I had them both in here, my daughter would be the outside salesperson and my son would be the agency manager inside. Son's the um, CEO, daughter's the COO. Exactly. So probably the mindset, it would be my son. It would be my son. I just see that being a smoother transition than having my daughter, especially from the fighting and arguing we do now as she's six and not 16. I can only imagine if she was in here working with me every day, that would be a reality TV show for sure. Absolutely. Um, so so, so <laughs> do you do you lay your head on the pillow at night and have this romantic dream of them working in the agency one day? Uh, I usually am talking about it at the dinner table right in front of them. Okay. Trying to just prep their brain saying that there's going to be a lot of opportunities. So who's coming to work for daddy? <laughs> exactly. And, uh, they sometimes look at me and my son will be like, well, I want to be a fireman. And I'm like, perfect. There's a volunteer fire department right next door to our office. Like you can do both. Exactly. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And my goal is building it so that they can mm-hmm. building it and setting it up. And, and where most agencies, the, the sale of your agency is your retirement. My goal is not to use that or need that as my retirement. Right. And I think that's a mindset change 
compared to the old ways. My mm-hmm. father, my uncle, I mean, that they built the agency to the point where, okay, when we retire or when we want to retire and sell this, this is part of our retirement. Uh, we don't know where things are going in the future or how mm-hmm. things are going to be. I'm not planning that that's going to be an option. Right. Like I, I'm going to, it's almost like social security. Everyone mm-hmm. thinks social security is going to go away. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's not going to, we're going to run out of money. There's not going to be enough. And I'm like, you know what? Why don't I just plan life? Like we're not going to have it. Right. And then if we do great, Right, <laughs> there's right. more. And and so I'm doing the mindset like that for the business. Well, what's funny about you talking about Emma and Jack and you, you know, saying things in front of them at the dinner table is, uh, I will occasionally throw things out to my son, Wyatt, when, especially when he does something stupid, I'll say something like, uh, now, how the hell do you think you're going to come to work with me doing something like that? <laughs> yep. You know, I, I'll, I'll do that occasionally. I don't, I don't have like direct conversations with him about it, but I do throw things out occasionally in uh, almost a comical way. Like, if you keep making grades like that, you won't be working for me. You'll be digging ditches, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yep. So let's get in the meat and potatoes of what we came to talk about today. Let's talk about video. You know, first and foremost, I told you off air how much I admire you for having the balls to get on Facebook Live and talk about releasing 101 videos in in the first 101 days of 2019. Talk a little bit about that, what the onus was behind that, how you got started. You said you failed and you you stopped for a while. Talk a little bit about all that. I want to hear more about it. So like a lot of people probably in this industry or for the past couple of years, video has been a huge part of the conversation and the marketing Mm -hmm. side of things. And it doesn't matter if it's all internal videos, if it's external to try and develop leads. So I jumped as an early adopter, I would say, into video on a couple different aspects. There was video proposals. Uh, I was one of the first adopters in the video proposal world, uh-huh. thanks to our uh, my amazing IT uh, website developer who built the tools necessary for us over at Advisor Evolve. Made yeah, it really if you, easy. If you, if you want to give him a shout out, feel free. Chris Langill, owner of Advisor Evolve, basically the pioneer behind this and doesn't get enough credit for it, where he built the tools for his clients in their websites that allows video proposals to look slicker than anybody else can do using loom and everything else mm-hmm. because it's built into your website wow I was just looking um, at at uh aaron nutting's website a few yep. minutes ago with johnny gwynn our producer that was done by advisor evolved and yep. say that again because we're saying it so fast I, I know for me i'm having a hard time advisor evolve advisor evolved yep and to let everybody know I, I tell people all the time i'm just an insurance agent that happens to have a podcast so when guests like you come on the podcast i am feverishly taking notes just like i hope two hundred and fifty thousand insurance agents are taking notes as well so uh that's why i'm asking that because i'm sitting here writing that down as well so guys get your pen and paper out and write that shit down. He's spitting gold right now, and you need to write that down. Go ahead. So so, so Chris developed that product that just blows everything else out of the water. Mm-hmm. And he was two years ahead of everybody else. So right. as others are starting to come up with very serviceable ways you can do that same thing. He, I mean, I've been using it for two years since I've been a client. Uh-huh. And I want to say it released shortly before I became a client. The timing was pretty spot on. So. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first ways to get your feet wet with video. And again, you're just sending the proposal instead of calling them on the phone or emailing it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you're sending them a customized proposal. Usually it's a screen share that you're going over and talking to them about whether you're just introducing yourself or you're going through the quote saying, hey, here's what you have now with XYZ. Here's what I can propose for you. And so 
for the last two years, our agency has been using that for all new business. And that alone has just catapulted our agency. Wow. Outside of that, we started adapting some internal things for our onboarding process and our claims process and a few other things to get video more involved. And then after a while, it, it got to the point where it's like, I use Adobe Premiere, thanks to uh, the video marketing guru himself, Nick Ayers, uh, out in California. He got me hooked up with Adobe Premiere to edit videos. Now, mm-hmm. Adobe Premiere is probably one of the most high-tech or one of the better programs. Mm-hmm. As much as there's free programs to edit video, if I'm going to learn anything, I learn the one. And It's after- also like trying to drive a spaceship, learning it. It's 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 extremely confusing. So it was one of those things where I jotted up two pages of notes down after a quick conference call to learn a couple of the basics. And all of a sudden, I waited a few weeks and developed, you know, I don't remember how to edit anything. And so at the time, I bought the green screen and the lighting equipment and some tripods and microphones, but used all my taped everything using my cell phone, my iPhone. So I decided that I needed to do a weekly video of some sort so that I can learn really how to edit a video. So I didn't have to look at my notes so that instead of it taking three hours to edit one, I could do it in 30 minutes or 20 minutes. Right. So I developed a weekly video series at the time. I called it Tip Tuesday. I did it for about nine months. Every Tuesday, I would release a different video, try to put some B-roll involved, try to get creative music in the background. Let me stop you right there. So you're doing this on your phone and nine months of Tip Tuesday. What happened to Adobe Premiere? Did you just put that on a shelf? Is that kind of what happened? No, I, I still use it. So I take the video from my phone, throw it to my computer, edit it down, upload it to YouTube, Facebook, anything like that. And the whole purpose of my videos was to stay in front of people, stay in front of my clients via social media or through like email marketing newsletters mm-hmm. to stay in front of prospects so that if the word or the thought of insurance or some kind of something came up on anybody's level, they're immediately thinking of me. And I wasn't doing this for lead generation at all. I wasn't looking to make ads or do anything along those lines. It was solely for what kind of value could I spit out in two minutes, three minutes that somebody's going to want to watch this to learn about a situation that comes up quite frequently in our lives that we think are normal that the consumer doesn't. So I started creating these and you had people that were, I mean, I went on vacation, didn't post one once and people started emailing me going, where's the Tuesday video? And, and <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even know you watched it. Like, cause you, I mean, at the time I wasn't paying attention. If, right. if you didn't like or comment on it, I didn't just assume that nobody was watching. So fast forward the nine months, it, we hit June July of this year, 2018, and life just got in the way. And I said, you know what? It's I don't have the plan of okay. This is what I'm going to do in August and September, video wise. I usually like scramble every Tuesday. Let's figure it out. Right. And so I kind of stopped. And as I stopped, you never would have guessed, but referrals slowed down Mm. or, or, or the percentage shrunk a little bit Mm -hmm. and a few other things just didn't seem to move as smooth and, and, and that you were doing before. And whether it was just that accountability of like each week I'm doing this and it just, everything just happened to just kind of get bumpy a little bit. And I said, you know what, I got to get back into video. So I started getting more into video. I started getting my staff a little more into video, not necessarily a weekly series, but just back into it the last probably month or two. And I listened to a friend of mine and a guy that has been on this podcast before, and I think he's going to be again, Mr. Ryan Hanley. And I don't even know if he said it on your podcast or someplace else that I listened to him talk about how he did his 100 videos in 100 days when he worked for his family, his wife's agency. And he's talked about it for the last 
six, eight years, whenever it's been. And every time he does a keynote speech someplace and the amount of people that still have not taken his advice to do this got to the point where I'm like, really? Nobody's done this? And I'm like, you know, so the video series was renamed months back to Coverage with Crowley. I'm like, you know what? Everybody's first education class in college was something 101. I go, I'm doing 101 in 101 days. One, it, it, it basically, I mean, I'm using his motivation for it and kind of just going to tie the two together and, and figured I'm going to hold myself accountable and I'm going to get this done. Are you pre-recording them or are you doing them daily? So the biggest difference between this and my weekly series is I'm spending since I believe it was last week that I taped the video announcing this till the first of the year as I'm planning it. I'm asking for the questions. So by January 1, I'm ready with the schedule. Okay. On February 20th, I know this video is going live and I got to tape it. It's going to allow me to not have to worry. Oh crap. I got to do a video. What's today's topic going to be about? Right. I'm already scheduled. I'm planned and and I'm doing the prep and the research before. And it's something I should have done a long time ago even with my weekly one. I just never did. And this time, instead of it being for my clients or potential prospects just to see my face, this solely is for Google. I am doing these videos solely for Google so that these are some of the most asked about insurance questions or scenarios coverages that people might type into Google mm-hmm. and I'm trying and I'm trying to pick that apart. Did you do your research as far as I know there's several platforms out there that I use to find out what people are searching? Yeah, so I have been I'm probably up to 65 or 70 that I've come up with so far in the last week researching the keywords, how people are phrasing the question. And that's really the biggest yeah, is absolutely. okay, it's it's very easy to say, "Oh yeah, we're going to talk about this or why my auto insurance keeps going up, or whatever it is. The problem is, how is everybody wording it? I know how I would word it is not how everybody else is wording it. You know what you need to do? You need to find some more agents to like take this challenge with you and see who can go the longest. Bradley's looking at me like, <laughs> come on, Howell. Step up to the plate, big boy. Uh, so so are these videos... So, first question, a lot of agents listening to this probably need to write this down because I know I did the first time I heard it. Are you using Answer the Public at all? No. Have you heard of that? I haven't. So it's a website called www.answerthepublic.com. It's really freaking cool, the website. But basically, you put a term in there, and it generates hundreds, if not thousands, of questions that people are searching in regards to that subject. It's a phenomenal tool. So I'm doing something similar. I'm not doing 100 videos 100 days, but we started a a YouTube series called Insurance Hacks, and and it's only going to live on YouTube for SEO purposes, and I want to drive people to my YouTube that's where we get a lot of the subjects from. Now, we do take questions from people, but that is a really, really good tool for you, Mike, and for the listeners to figure out exactly what people are searching. Awesome. Appreciate that. Uh, I got a question for both of you. So Bradley just said he's doing it solely for YouTube. You said you're doing it solely for Google. Why wouldn't you put it on all these platforms? So mine is going to be on YouTube. It's also going to be built on my website. So there's going to be... uh different landing pages but the goal is when you search anything in google one of the ways that you can boost it up in the rankings and then improve all that is cross-referencing your youtube which is owned by google and your websites basically there's going to be duplicate content the goal is then going to people that watch it if they search it and find it via youtube because youtube's the second most searched engine that's used 
if they find it and they watch it, the call to action is basically going to be taking them back to my website. Right. And now here's where the lead generation is going to come into play. All right. If you just spent the two and a half minutes to watch this video regarding this, you may have that problem or your current insurance situation isn't solving this problem for you and they should be. So I'm going to click on this link to take you to a landing page that's going to get your email address that I can put into my marketing. They can fill out long form or short forms on my website to start a quote process or, or book an appointment or whatever they want to do. Awesome. But the goal is for Google to take them to YouTube, YouTube to take them to my my website. The reason my those insurance hack videos are only on YouTube is the main goal was I wanted to build my YouTube and I knew if I posted teaser clips on Facebook, if people wanted to watch it, it would drive them to YouTube, which would in yep. turn help me SEO wise because Google is the mothership. Um, I'm not doing as quite a good a job of it as you are in terms of tying everything together, but I have not taken advantage of it like I should have. The thing is, it's like the longer people stay and watch your YouTube like videos. So, I mean, I can post 10 minute videos if I want, but if people are only going to watch two minutes of them, it's not right. doing me any justice. If I do a two or three minute video and somebody's watching 85% of it, Google knows that. Mm-hmm. And they're seeing you as an authority to somebody that wants to be here. And this is one of the best ways to uh-huh. improve your search engine. Is two minutes, is that the sweet spot on the videos? That I don't know. There's no for sweet my, spot as long my, as the content's good. Well, that's it, true. Yeah, yeah, and it depends on like who you're trying to attract. If you're just trying to attract somebody to watch it, not potentially a customer, mm-hmm. I think it needs to be two minutes or under. That's a very good and point. That, and that goes for even just Facebook and for, for anything else. If, if I'm not going to be a buyer or if the solution that you're talking about isn't something that I necessarily need, mm-hmm. I might watch it just out of interest mm-hmm. or just to see what you're saying. But if it's six minutes long, I'm going to give up after two. If they click on it and they see that it's two minutes... They might watch the whole thing or watch the majority of it. Now, if it's something that's answering a specific question that somebody has, they'll watch it for 10 minutes if the content's good. Right. And they, that person might become a lead, but that's one person or that's three people out of however many. And that's where you got to kind of play that game. Mm-hmm. Again, totally different than from what I've ever done with any of my videos. It kind of is exciting to, to kind of try and tie everything together. And Bradley, don't give me any credit yet because, again, it's not January 1 and none of this is <laughs> None of this has been done yet, but Scott, like you said, I called it out to the world, so I'm ready to back it up. Well, well yeah, you got to do it now. I want to I want to talk to Bradley for just a second. So there was a hack, there was a life hack that Bradley figured out through doing exactly what Gary Vaynerchuk tells you to do. And he and I had this conversation last night. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk says, "Don't listen to what I say necessarily. Just watch what I do. Watch what I do." So about six months ago, maybe a year ago, I got a text from Bradley. And uh, I thought this was ingenious, by the way. But he had been watching Gary Vaynerchuk's stuff on um, Instagram. And he figured out that D-Rock, who is one of Gary's uh, videographers, which now I think he's got two or three, they were using a software that was running the timeline out. The red progress bar. Yeah, the red progress bar on Instagram. And what they had figured out, again, this is ingenious, that if you have that red progress bar, individuals watching the video actually watch it longer than if you don't. And I wanted Bradley to speak to that. Only on Instagram. Yeah, only on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But because, because Instagram is the only one that doesn't have a progress bar, Facebook has it and YouTube has, right. has it. But yeah, I reached out to D Rock directly. 
uh-huh. and said, hey. How do I get that? <laughs> obviously, this is working or you guys wouldn't be putting this progress bar exactly. on here. And he said, yeah, on Instagram, it helps them. Um, but anyway, uh, I reached out to D-Rock and he responded. D-Rock's actually pretty good about responding and said, hey, how do you do this red progress bar? And he responded with several steps within Adobe Premiere. It sounded like he was speaking Martian, and I was like, oh, my God. And so I I downloaded Adobe Premiere. Mike, you'll appreciate this. I downloaded Adobe Premiere and tried to teach myself. I didn't try to teach myself how to use Adobe Premiere. I tried to teach myself how to do the red progress bar first, and I don't think my wife has ever seen me so pissed off. It was all weekend. It was all well. No, it was all, it was Friday night and all day Saturday. And she was like, "I've never seen you this frustrated." I'm like, "Because I can't figure this out." Like I was getting mad. And this yep. is about a year ago. Two days of Bradley's life wasted. So I had ahead. messaged D Rock. I had messaged Tyler Babin, who's the other one, and somebody else. And I was sitting there talking to all three of them, and wow. they they all knew that I was talking to all three of them. And at Sunday brunch after church, I had given up. I was like, I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. And and D Rock messaged me and said, Hey, we found this app that does the exact same thing, and you just upload the video and it does it for you, and you don't have to use Premiere. And the app is called Veemly, V E M E dot L Y. It's only for iPhone, I believe. But basically, you can upload. But I just thought it was cool. It's like I got Gary Gary V's whole team understands <laughs> how pissed off I am. And they're like, hey, man, we know you're upset because what we're telling you, we don't really know. You know, they're not salespeople. We don't know how to convey to you. You know, you don't go to your customer and talk about, well, the UM and the MedPay and the – no, you explain to them what it is. <laughs> And that, they yeah. were doing the wrong thing. They were like, you know, saying all these terms that I didn't understand. And they're like, hey, we understand how, how upset you are. So we actually went and found this app that does it for you. So you'll leave us alone. Uh, What's even co- cooler, they probably created the app just to get you off their back. No could doubt. have, could have. No I've doubt. actually reached out to Veemly because I went a long time without saying publicly how I was doing it because I would yeah. get people ask me a lot and I tried to get them to do an affiliate deal with me. They hadn't even gotten back to me. So if Beamley's listening to this, we want to do an affiliate deal. So there, from that, I want to tell, tell them about last night, Sal, my boy Salman. You take that. Well, last night I, I just checked into a hotel down here in Mobile and I'm I'm sitting in the room on the bed and I, I had not looked at Instagram or Facebook or anything much all day long because I'd been driving five hours down here and had been busy just you know, boss to the wall all day long, but I was sitting there and I happened to scan through Instagram and one of our listeners who is a very big supporter of the show had posted a video on his Instagram page. And I, and I'd already been checking this guy out on Instagram. Uh, last name is Salmon. What first name? Alex, Alex, Alex Salmon. Shout you know Alex. Don't you Mike? Uh, digitally I do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'd already knew that Alex, you know, Alex has uh, got some great content anyway, but he posted this video and he had used the Vimly app. It was a Christmas type scenario video and and it had the progress bar on it. It was very well done. And I sent a shout out to him. I said, man, that is fantastic. Keep that shit up right there, man. But, you know, shout out to Alex for uh, putting that together. And I hope he puts more content like that out there. Alex is killing it in video if Absolutely. you're not following him. Absolutely. And he's got that it factor too. And I... I love him, and I hope he man, I hope he sells a ton of insurance and keeps doing that. And I hope he does it for 101 days. But anyway, let's keep going with this. So we've got the 101 videos. We're getting together our ideas for the videos. I want to go back for just a second. So once you have the 101 topics, did you say that you're going to record a video each day during that time frame, or are you going to start pre-recording like 10 at a time? Definitely not 10 at a time, because I don't want to do them quick, because I don't use an iPhone 
iPhone anymore to tape them. Not that it matters. What are you using? Uh, I have a Canon 80D okay. DSLR camera, and I got a carrier that was watching and talking about how well I was doing on video to basically buy it for me. Really? Or at least chip in. What? So, yeah, utilize your marketing reps. If you start pushing on this and they start bragging to all these other agents that, well, this one agent over here is doing this. If they start utilizing you, start asking for things because mm-hmm. it, it'll it'll work. Yeah. And I did, not, I did not come up with that idea myself. Another fabulous uh, insurance professional and I'll drop another name here, and, and I believe she's going to be uh, speaking at Gary V's Agent 2021 with you, Bradley. Danny Kimball out of O'Neill. She is a fabulous marketing uh, rep. Uh, she's the best marketing. content marketer in the game. She's hands yep. down the best one. She actually, on um, Agency Nation, uh, on a video back in the early days of their videos, they talked to her about what she did and how she pinned a couple carriers against each other in a way where she got almost all of her video equipment or at least a good chunk of the stuff in the beginning from different carriers that just basically gave her different like gift cards and, and money towards that subject um, could be a whole podcast doing. in of itself. Um, I mean, so I, so I took, I took it and, and this was probably almost a year ago now. And I took her idea, had a conversation with her and went to my main rep for my main carrier that, we write the most business with. And I said, listen, you're telling agents all over New York state that you're visiting. They're reaching out to me saying my rep sent me a copy of your video. Do you mind explaining some things? I go, if you're going to utilize me, I want something in return. (laughs) And, (laughs) and they had no problem trying to figure out a way. They're like, we got to get creative in our budget on how to label this, but we'll, uh, we'll do what we can. So I started using that. So I'm not going to, I might on a weekly basis, try to just, okay, it's Monday. I'm going to tape two or three today get them edited so that when I'm editing them, I'm editing maybe two or three at a time just to kind of keep it rolling. So I don't get bogged down. Some of the ones that I have, I'm like, okay, today's, there was too many fires today and I wasn't able to do a video. I already have some that are scheduled for later on Mm -hmm. that I'll throw up today and uh, get back on track tomorrow. And and everybody listening is in the insurance world. And and everybody knows that when those fires happen and start burning, you, you can't, prioritize especially in smaller agency shops you can't prioritize marketing over uh, a major claim scenario or a a big other issue for a large client you have to drop and do those so those things happen so i want to be prepared and making sure that that's not going to prevent me from reaching my goals well the the two things you know filming the video is not really what's going to bog you down the two things that can bog you down are one editing and to yep. the idea of, hey, what the crap are we going to... Because, you know, for mm-hmm. me, there's some days where... Because a lot of my content, most of my content that is new is actually made that day. I yep. get the idea, I make it, and then I put it out. The only stuff that's not is the stuff that I reuse. But, you know, there's some days where, man, the ideas are just flowing. They keep coming. And it's like, I'm going to do a video on this, or I'm going to do an Instagram post on this. And then there's some days it's like you are not in that creative mindset at all and you just can't come up with anything. You know, to me, that bogs me down more than editing does. I was going to say, and that's really happening. And and obviously this is the midweek of December, but the last two days has been one of those where there has been too many things going on that the last thing I could even think about is what am I going to do for a video uh, in March? Or let's work on my list and start figuring out how I want to do this Mm -hmm. because just things went off the wall and you just got to take care of them 
room and then mm-hmm. you can get back into it tomorrow morning or whatever else when you can separate some time for yourself. Well, and here's the thing, too. Uh, I was speaking with uh, Casey Alcorn with Alcorn Insurance. She reached out to me about two months ago wanting some pointers on Instagram. And, you know, I kind of said, you know, do this, 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 and this. You know, we had a great conversation and she'd been doing a phenomenal job on Instagram and then reached out to me and said, I'm running out of ideas. And we got on the phone and I said, look, you're two months in. I said, keep at it. Just try to push it two to three more months because what eventually happens, you build up so much content that you can use stuff over and over and people don't notice it because let's say you build up another 300 followers. Those 300 followers haven't seen the stuff you did six months ago. And, And you can also repurpose it. You can take videos and you know, make a Frankenstein and match them together and that sort of thing. So the more you do this, the more you push yourself, okay, I'm going to do this every single day. All it does is propel you in the long run to have just that much more content to work with. You agree? Absolutely. And actually that's for this video series that I'm coming out with. My plan is to have different ways to repurpose some of these videos where you guys have already said what my main goal is. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on my website. They're going to be linked trying to explain to Google the best way possible. I wasn't planning on posting every daily video to this other social media channels. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm not going to do a weekly update. Right. Or here's this week's uh, videos and the topics and the questions. Here's maybe a summary of them. Maybe do some long form stuff, do some short form stuff, do another recap video of those seven videos. But those are the things that I can do along the way. Not necessarily. And again, you just start building that content up. And Mm -hmm. the problem I have with video content and then repurposing them later and true people that have gotten into video will understand this. Once you start learning how to edit and learning how to be more comfortable on camera and to do all these other things, when you rewatch your old videos, (laughs) the last thing you ever want to do is repost that someplace. Yeah, you're right about that. You're right. And not that they're bad and it really should make a difference. But as you get going, it's kind of like, gosh, how did I ever post that to begin with? And it's more from an art standpoint. Creatively, you're like, that sucks. When really to the (laughs) general public, they're not going to notice the difference. It's it's you that has a problem with it. Yeah. I've got two final questions before we have to let you go today, okay? Question number one, the Canon 80D, I know it well. I've played around with it a little bit. How much video can you record off of a Canon 80D at one sitting? Can you do an hour of content off of a Canon 80D? It might depend on the card size. Memory card size, yeah. Yeah, so the ones that I have and that I use, I think have 30 minutes. Okay. And I just trade them out. And again, I keep trying, most of my videos I keep under three, four minutes long. And then, I mean, depending on, I mean, and you'll see if you follow along on this, on this journey is that I'm going to have videos usually in two spots. They're either going to be green screen videos where I'm editing the green screen to different backgrounds, or they're going to be sitting in my office. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And, and the reason is I, I want to mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to just seem, oh, yep, it's Mike standing in front of that green screen again. Or it's mm-hmm. up, Mike sitting at his desk. If I mix them back, and it goes back into just keeping people's mind intrigued. I mean, you can listen to them all you want. But if you want somebody to watch them, you got to be doing a couple things. And, and, and we have an intro, I would say, a little theme song that I'll edit into every video. And there'll mm-hmm. be different things that kind of go uh, hand in hand that you'll see across. But again... Depending on the topic, there's going to be some videos that are much longer, um, but the majority of them, the plan is to be under three minutes, probably around two. 
depending. I mean, again, mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep these really narrow so that it's the question that somebody's typing into Google. What's your primary lens on the Canon? It's more of a zoom lens versus mm-hmm. a wide lens. Right. I only have two built into the package that I came with. Right. It was just the generic one, and then mm-hmm. I got one that'll be better to zoom in, so that if I actually do want to use it for pictures, which I have with my kids in some of their events, I can zoom in and take some good shots that way. I like the idea of getting the marketing rep to pay for that. <laughs> I uh, bet you do. I, have you ever heard anything that is more Bradley Flowers like? Like that's like right up my alley. Hey guys. So last question for you today. So as you know, I have the brain of a small meerkat. Uh, the chances of me ever even trying to use Adobe Premiere are zero. I would not even open up the program to try to do it. That's just not who I am as a person. So for the other insurance agents out here that maybe either don't want to dive off into that ocean called Adobe Premiere or some of these other editing platforms, what would you suggest? Just using your phone and putting as much video content from your phone out there as you can? I have a lot of agencies that reach out or agents that reach out to me and say, listen, I want to get into video. What equipment should I get? Or or what are you using? Or should I get this, this, and this? In my first sentence to every single person is the only two things that you need are a tripod that'll hold your cell phone. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter what the cell phone is. I'm assuming if you're in the insurance world, you are not still carrying a flip phone around right and if you are go find a different industry to be in and and do that uh-huh. so you need a tripod that's going to hold the phone so you're not doing selfie style videos uh-huh. and then a, a good but inexpensive microphone uh-huh. you can buy one for 15 dollars or less online just so that the sound is good mm-hmm. nobody really cares as much about the pictures as they do the sound until you start getting into consistency and you start seeing the benefits of doing this, um, and you can also use like webcams as well, um, is then you could look into lighting or potentially, if, depending on the type of videos you are. Yeah, Green don't get shiny and, new object syndrome and no, buy everything. No, because it's just going to disappoint you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, on that note, if you go to kit.com, K I T.com, and then search the insurance guys, and we did not intend on doing this uh, on this episode, but if you search the insurance guys, we have actually put together a starter video marketing kit on there of things that we recommend. Some of the things that you've mentioned, uh, very simple. We, Scott, Scott's we, looking at me like, we did this? We have not done anything. <laughs> Bradley may have, but Scott hasn't done any of that. We've also got a podcast starter <laughs> kit on there, too, if you want to know how to start podcasting. Do we really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, continue, Mike. Um, the next step and level in... in I, I feel like I've given a lot of props to a lot of different people in this industry today, but they all deserve it. That's what it's uh, all about, tenfold, brother. Um, because I wouldn't be anywhere I am today without some of these people that I've mentioned that have helped push me to certain levels or trained me. If you really wanted to get into video, there is a, and I already mentioned his name, Nick Ayers out of California. He created uh, Made You Look Video Marketing. It's a marketing course for anybody that wants to get into to video marketing. He's got course to train you how to use absolutely everything, how to put it into your business. It's not just insurance related. It is also if you're in real estate or if you're selling dog collars or whatever else you want to do. It's broken down. And really, he is a next level when it comes to video. What was it called again? Major Look what? Made You Look Video. Oh, made you look. Gotcha. Made you look video marketing. And he's the one that spent time with me to get me started in the early days. I've tried to pass the torch and do the same for some other agents that have reached out that mm-hmm. I hopped on a call and said, "Here, here's the three basics you need to basically get a video edited in Premiere. It's not, I'm not going to teach you all the fancy stuff because I learn new fancy stuff every day I do a video. But it's one of those things where how do I upload one in here? How do I cut? 
different parts out and piece it all together. Maybe how do I add some background music or some text or some words and all this other stuff. And, and I've done that for other people because of what Nick has done for me and to jumpstart my video. But he has now come out with not only the course, he also has a team of people that will edit videos for you. I saw that. And I haven't talked to him specifically about where he's going with this side venture of his but it's literally a huge need mm-hmm. and there's no one better to wrap your head around it than him when he posted that idea that he was you know that it's basically scott you send them the video clips you tell them what they want they edit it and send it back to you when he posted that i was like dang why didn't i think of that <laughs> yeah like, it's not super intricate so it's it's really cool that they're doing that mike yeah. I, I can't tell you again how blessed and how humbled i am that you'd be on our podcast today man it really means a lot and i've really enjoyed our talk i'm to go ahead and close this thing out guys in episode 45 of the insurance guys podcast we had troy course garden on here and he talked about an inflection point and that's where we are today we're at an inflection point in 2008 i had a uh, state farm area field executive get up in front of a class of about 200 people and he said i've never seen the insurance cha- insurance industry change more than it's changed in the last 36 months and since that time it seems like every 12 to 36 months 24 months it changes even more every single one of your potential prospects, including Bradley Flowers right now sitting in this podcast studio, is on their phone right now. They're looking at Facebook. They are looking at Instagram. They are looking at uh, YouTube. They are going to Google. They're typing in a Google search right now looking for an insurance agent. You have got to figure out how to get on here and start doing some video content. I do a very poor job of it. I should do a better job of it than I do. Uh, Bradley and Mike do a much better job than I do. But uh, you need to start videoing, and you need to get your ass out from behind that desk and go out into the big bad world and go sell insurance and make money for your family. Support your husband, your wife, your kids. Make money for your family. Write good business for the agencies that you represent. Write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Love you too, buddy. Thanks, Mike. Guys, you're listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. We'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, Go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.